And our gospel reading comes from Luke chapter 14. On one occasion, when Jesus was going to the house of a leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on the Sabbath, they were watching him closely. When he noticed how the guests chose the places of honor, he told them a parable. When you're invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not sit down at the place of honor in case someone more distinguished than you has been invited by your host. And the host who invited both of you may come and say to you, give this person your place. And then in disgrace, you would start to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit down at the lowest place so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. He said also to the one who had invited him, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors in case they may invite you in return, and you would be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed, because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. This is the word of the Lord. It's difficult sometimes to find humility in modern times. The world rewards the best, the tallest, the strongest, the fastest, the best looking, the smartest. The 2016 Olympics just came to an end with its emphasis on winning the gold, being the highest achiever in the world. Young people are encouraged to aim high to succeed at all costs, to go to the best college, to get the degree that will enable them to earn the highest salary. Not so long ago, we thought we could improve self-esteem by continually praising children, by telling them what a great job they did, even when their accomplishments were not so stellar, but only mediocre. Recently, we've learned that empty, non-specific praise was actually confusing or even discouraging young people, and that they respond better to comments that help them to analyze and assess their own work. For children, and for all of us, really, effective praise is very specific. It's the kind that says to a child, the words you chose to describe that scene are very good, or the way you blended the colors in your painting is quite lovely. Self-esteem has actually little to do with constant praise and much more to do with the quiet satisfaction 
of work well done. It can and it does go hand in hand with humility. For the Olympic gold medal winner, what really matters is the way that person responds to his or her win. It's possible to become arrogant and prideful, but it's just as possible to respond with humility and deep gratitude. Jesus addresses humility in today's reading from Luke. Looking closely at what's happening in this passage, we see that there's a lot of careful watching going on. The Pharisees are watching Jesus, as always, trying to catch him out yet again in some violation or other of the law. There's the sense even that maybe they've invited him to dinner just to catch him out doing something unlawful. But Jesus, too, is watching on this occasion. He notices that the dinner guests are choosing the most honorable seats around the table. This was a time in history when honor was everything, especially under Roman rule. A person's honor was essential. Status was clearly marked and ranked and was to be guarded at all costs. A person's good name meant so much that some prominent Romans resorted to suicide if their reputation was compromised. So here are the dinner guests, apparently placing themselves close to the head of the table, where they think that they should be because they hold themselves in high regard. And here comes Jesus not directly instructing them, that might be dangerous for him, but telling them a parable about a different circumstance, a wedding banquet, suggesting that they rank themselves low on the social scale, take their places with those who are not so highly regarded. In other words, that they should assume the cloak of humility they should disregard their many achievements and accolades and humbly take their place among those who hold a lower status in society. This is a first shall be last and last shall be first scenario that Jesus gives to us. In the kingdom of God, the order will be reversed. We've heard this many times, haven't we? that the true honor in the heavenly kingdom comes not from our earthly reputation, but from our relationship with God and with our neighbor. Jesus is our model for humility. From the be very beginning of his life on this earth, he assumed humility. Jesus, son of God, born in a lowly stable, growing up learning his father's carpentry trade, choosing fishermen to be his followers, eating with the poor and despised people of the day, washing the feet of those who were his disciples, and then recognized as the Messiah when he could have conquered all through power and might, choosing 
the most shameful death imaginable, subjected to public beatings and humiliation, then a slow, painful, and public execution. Such humility is barely imaginable to us. And yet, what was intended by the authorities as humiliation, we recognize as the ultimate in honorable humility. To be humble, says Jesus with his words and through his actions, is in reality a much more praiseworthy and authentic way to live. Acting humbly, we set aside concern for ourselves and turn our attention to the needs of others and to the world. Earlier we sang the hymn, The Lord of the Dance. I love this hymn, but I really wanted us to sing a shaker hymn that was the original one that was set to the same lovely dancing tune. Unfortunately, that hymn was not in our hymnal, and I could not find a copy of it with the sheet music um, so that we could sing it. Um, it's called Simple Gifts, and I imagine some of you know that, uh, that hymn. I gave you a copy of it. It's, um, I, I printed it out so you could, you could see the words. I'm going to sing it to you, and if you feel confident enough, sing it along with me. Tis the gift to be simple, tis the gift to be free, tis the gift to come down where we ought to be. And when we find ourselves in the place just right, t'will be in the valley of love and delight. When true simplicity is gained, to bow and to bend we shan't be ashamed to turn, turn, will be our delight till by turning, turning we come round right. The Shakers were originally a Quaker sect. They were distinguished by their ecstatic dancing that gave them their name, the Shakers. A PBS documentary website says this of the Shakers, work was the currency of their service. If the world was to be redeemed and restored to God, the Shakers would accomplish it by the dedicated labor of their hands. They believed that God dwelt in the details of their work and in the quality of their craftsmanship. All their devotion, which no longer went to family or home, was put into what they made. Now, if that sounds a little harsh that they didn't put their family, uh, their, their um, devotion into their family or home, I, also, I read a little more about them, and they were a celibate sect. So um, they did not form families, and they did not uh, make homes of their own. And the fact that they were celibate may mean that's why there's no shakers left among us today. Um, they could only draw people from outside of the community. Um, their villages were meticulously constructed and maintained. Their works were world-renowned for reliable goods, and their gardens provided amply for their own needs with plenty to spare for the poor. Their beautiful hymn speaks of turning ourselves around constantly as if seeking 
and refining the right place where we should be in life, that place where we're not ashamed to bow and bend, where simplicity is valued, and where ultimately, through simplicity, we will live in a valley of love and delight. So is this even possible in this day and age? Would we have to isolate ourselves from the world like the Amish people perhaps in order to live a simple and humble life? I think there are ways to embrace both simplicity and humility in modern life. I've been privileged throughout my career to work alongside people, both women and men, who have chosen to find their fulfillment in what many regard as humble work. In the world of education, the generally least regarded sector is the early childhood world. Many people regard early education as simply babysitting that allows parents to work. Those who work in this field, however, recognize it as vitally important work that sets a child on a path for success or failure in later years. Some of the early childhood teachers I knew were saints. They changed diapers, they cleaned up unbelievable messes, carried tiny children around for hours, sometimes one on each hip, all with a patience that Job would respect and admire. They taught the children songs, colors, numbers, and letters, and helped them above all to learn how to get along well with each other. Their finan financial rewards were small, though I made it my job wherever I worked as an administrator to advocate constantly for better pay and benefits for them. The teachers would tell me stories day after day about the children they took care of, wonderful stories of what they said and did. They celebrated their small accomplishments, their beautiful artwork, their relationships with other children. The love that they received from the children and from the children's parents was their reward. Many of them had degrees. Some had graduate degrees, but they had chosen the work they did because they loved it and knew its importance for the lives of the children and the families they served. And now I'm privileged to work with yet another wonderful group of people, the nursing staff at the nursing homes where I serve. The work of CNAs, the Certified Nursing Assistants, is not the most highly regarded work in our society. And it is certainly humble work, again, not highly paid. But the rewards for those who recognize how honorable their work is can be tremendous. There's a CNA who's been at Palm Garden in Gainesville for more than 20 years. She is as much an angel to the elderly women and men she serves as are the early childhood teachers and assistants I worked with previously. I firmly believe that the work of all these wonderful people is kingdom work. Their real caring service is hard, hard work, and they deserve more than simply accolades for what they do. 
though the world may not reward such work with material gain, knowing that God honors and rewards their service is vitally important to many who labor with their hands in many different ways. Those who care for others, those who keep our buildings and streets clean and well-maintained, those who plant and gather our food, as well as many other services. I love the idea of the dance of simplicity and humility that the Shaker song celebrates. In the parable that Jesus tells, he says that those who humble themselves at the wedding banquet will most likely be elevated, asked to join the guests at the head of the table. Honor will come to those who act in a humble way. But of course, once we are honored, we're now in that group that is the first. And of course, Jesus tells us right here in this parable, for all who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So once we are exalted, we must guard against the temptation of self-congratulation. And we must intentionally seek ways of humility again. It's truly a dance, isn't it? God lifts us up and we must humble ourselves again. Giving God the glory for all our achievements allows us to humbly accept any honors we may be given. I'd like to end with a beautiful prayer. Um, It's in this book of uh, photographs. Um, It's a book of photographs from a, a Shaker village at Pleasant Hill in Kentucky. It's called When True Simplicity is Gained. And alongside each photograph is a meditation and a prayer. This prayer is by the 19th century author Charles Kingsley. Let us pray. Give us the true courage that shows itself by gentleness, the true wisdom that shows itself by simplicity, and the true power that shows itself by modesty. Amen. Now let us stand as we are able and affirm our faith together by saying um, this portion of the Belhar Convention. We believe that God has revealed himself as the one who wishes to bring about justice and true peace among people. That God, in a world full of injustice and enmity, is in a special way the God of the destitute, the poor, and the wronged that God calls the church to follow him in this. For God brings justice to the oppressed and gives bread to the hungry, that God frees the prisoner and restores sight to the blind, that God supports the downtrodden, protects the stranger, helps orphans and widows, and blocks the path of the ungodly, that for God, pure and undefiled religion is to visit the orphans and the widows in their suffering, 
that God wishes to teach the church to do what is good and to seek the right. Amen.